Hello and welcome back. This is episode number four. And today we're going to talk um, about ABA, which is, which right now I'm going to have Leora introduce what is ABA. Um, welcome, Leora. How are you? Hi, Vanessa. I'm really good. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Uh, it's an honor to be here. How are you? Good. I want to first say that Leora used to be my student. We knew each other, I guess, middle school. Is that what we It's been like 10 years. It's been like 10 years that we know each other. Yeah. <laughs> and it has been incredible because I have seen you develop into this now professional and this beautiful, beautiful, well, from little girl to who you are right now. So who is Leora? Leora, your last name is let me see if I can say it correctly. Leora Naimich. Did I say it right? Nam, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I know. It's, hard. it's a hard one. <laughs> Leora, tell us who is Leora and what is ABA? Okay. So my name is Leora. Um, like Vanessa said, I've been, uh, I was a student of hers back in middle and high school. She was my math tutor. Um, so since then, I went to the University of Florida and I did my bachelor's degree in health education and behavior. Um, so it goes hand in hand with ABA. Uh, so that's what I'm studying now. I'm doing a master's in applied behavior analysis. And so ABA, it's a scientific practice um, that really aims to understand and improve human behavior. So when we talk about uh, human behavior, uh, we can start by defining what is behavior. And so it's kind of any action um, that can be observable and measurable. So for example, since Vanessa is, uh, her goal here is with homeschooling, we can address specific behaviors that would relate to children um, and what they do in the school system so, or in the school setting. So for example, a behavior uh, would be hand raising. Uh, it's observable because you can see the child mm. raising their hand. Right, and it's measurable because you can count uh, how many times a child is raising their hand. Um, another behavior, for example, the opposite of a hand raising would be a positive behavior, right? We want to increase how often a child raises their hand when they want to ask a question. So an intervention in ABA would aim to increase that hand raising behavior. Um, the opposite of that, a negative, or I don't like to use the word negative so much, but a behavior that we would want to decrease would be unpleasant. Like I think that's the 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 word they use, the unpleasant behavior. Exactly. So an intervention could aim to reduce unpleasant behaviors, and that would be if a child uh, calls out during during class. So, so you what know, is called, what, how, what is calling out, for example? Like what why would what will be, in your opinion, an unpleasant behavior for a middle schooler or a toddler? Like, what is the dif what will be the difference in those two? Okay, so it's good because I like the question you asked because um, it shows the contrast in the different ages and environments that it can be used. And ABA is really, it's for all human behavior. So it can be used for any behavior, any individual. Um, and to answer your question, so for example, if you're, whether you're homeschooling or you're in a traditional classroom setting, the teacher, the mom, the tutor is speaking and they're in the middle of a lesson. They haven't finished their sentence yet. And a child or a toddler, I mean, either whatever the age may be, they have a question and instead of raising their hand and waiting to be called on, they would say, but I don't get this or what, you know, and they start talking and they haven't been called on. They haven't appropriately um, 
let the teacher know that something is going on and they need the teacher to pause and to attend to them. So I think we could define that as, uh, as calling out behavior where it's like there's an interruption and there's no system put in place where the teacher or the individual doing the teaching is being like notified um, that they need to pause. Wow, so that we actually, be... we all do that all the time. Like, I think texting could be something that we all, you know, when someone sends you something and you jump and you, you kind of like, instead of yeah. waiting, the patient part say, let me just see what they say. The tone is, uh, is the communication basics. Listen and then talk, <laughs> which is very, exactly. very difficult. Very difficult. How do you exactly. fix this behavior? So, um, so I have here that ABA or the Applied Behavior Analyst is a type of therapy that focuses on improving specific behaviors such as social, academic, and adaptive skills. So anyone at any age uh, could apply ABA in their lives. I think um, what I love about it, Leora, is that you're actually working right now with this lockdown with kids that are basically in a computer the whole time having unpleasant behaviors, not towards their teachers, it, because the environment has dramatically changed. So tell us a little bit about that. Like, how do we help these kids? How do we help ourselves right now? I have friends in different countries that they basically have not even left their house. And how do we, how, do we, yeah. how, how can we use ABA for this problem that we're having right now in this pandemic? Well, that's a really good question. And that's kind of exactly why I'm here today. And what I wanted to, my goal with this conversation that I'm having with Vanessa today, um, kind of provide people with teachers, educators, anyone that's kind of like confined to the home right now, since mostly um, school is virtual due to, due to the pandemic. So it's to provide you with tools um, that are commonly used in ABA therapy to kind of ease that transition of uh, the traditional school setting to being in the home. Um, and so in order to understand kind of what the ABA practices are, so ABA is just a scientific practice and there's lots of different interventions and systems in place. Um, and to understand that, we need to really think of what the core of ABA is. And it's this three-term contingency. So the three-term contingency, it's A, B, C. And what those letters stand for is A is an antecedent, B is a behavior, and C is a contingency. And so this is at the core of ABA. And an antecedent is anything that happens before a behavior occurs. So let's say, let's go back to our hand-raising um, example. Perfect. So for anything in the classroom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the behavior would be the hand-raising. So the antecedent, what happens directly before the behavior is what caused the child to either raise their hand or opposite to call out. So in this case, we would look at it and the antecedent would be, well, maybe the child didn't understand something that the teacher, that the teacher was saying. So that's what comes before. Then you have your behavior. So the antecedent causes the behavior. And then, so the behavior here is the hand raising. And then you have the consequence, what happens directly after the behavior. So this can be applied to any behavior ever, but for our example, the consequence would be, let's say, um, the teacher, the student raises their hand, so the teacher says, calls on the student and says, thank you for raising their hand, for raising your hand, and then answers the question. So this is what we uh, call positive reinforcement. And um, because the 
teacher provided a verbal praise saying, thank you for raising your hand, what positive reinforcement does is it encourages the behaviors to happen again in the future. So because the verbal praise was provided, um, that student is more likely to raise their hand in the future when they have a question. Just with the word thank you, like exactly simple things. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate you. You raise your hand. What will be exactly. examples? What can a teacher say? Because what, what you're saying is very true. You have the A, the antecedent, antecedent mm -hmm. right? Behavior yeah. consequent. And that happens with my daughter. You know, they, I'm typing and I'm like, email, mama, 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 behavior. I have explained mm -hmm. it many times when mommy's typing, can you please know that? Exactly. And then, she, of course, she's repeating involuntary behavior, mama, mama, what is it? Mm -hmm. Then he goes, behavior, my, I'm talking about me, not my daughter. And then consequence, right. ah, when exactly. I shoot it, Mama, mama, stop like an adult and say, yes, how can I help you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Give, and then say, can you please remember that we talk about whether, and it's, I mean, let's be honest. It takes a lot of patience, a lot of patience. Of and, but I, I think, um, how can I, okay, so what would be a positive, like, what would be a positive reward, like, are emotional rewards, like telling someone, thank you so much, I appreciate you, or I'm going to give you this piece of candy. What's the best reward you can give to a child as a parent when this ABC is happening? So it doesn't happen, to put it that way, but it happens in a positive way, in a good consequence. Yeah. So um, in ABA, we do what we call a preference assessment. There's actually different kinds of assessments, and this is to determine what the best reward uh, reinforcers or rewards are for each child that we work with. So um, what I love about ABA is that the interventions, they're not one size fits all. It's kind of like each intervention is designed to meet the specific needs of each individual that we work with. So I can't give you uh, a general like, oh, this works best for these for kids because, you know, and just as adults too, we all have different likes, dislikes, and every child is different. Um, so I think really noticing what it is in the environment that your child plays with most often. So there's a bunch of different kinds of reinforcers. The one that I mentioned when the teacher says thank you, this was what we call a verbal praise. So just saying, you know, verbally acknowledging the child's positive behavior, sometimes that could be enough for the child to be like, oh wow, that praise made me feel good. Um, so in the future, I'll raise my hand again because I like the validation that I got for that. Um, we have edibles, so some kids work well when they have like, you know, they know they can work for a piece of candy or for a cookie. Um, sugar, sugar is the best, uh, is the worst negotiation tool for the most sugar. effective. I'll give you this if you don't do this. <laughs> Personally, when I work with kids, I try to use edibles as the last case scenario, just because they tend to get fixated on that. And, you know, there's a whole, sh uh, like sugar is just a whole different story. That's um, another three, three and four, five mm -hmm. episodes. But no, I, I, I hear you. And it's so yeah. hard because people are like, don't give in sugar. Well, you try as much as you can. What I do with my four and a half, Leora, and, and this is a tip that anyone can use, I make her count to 20, either in English or Spanish, depending. Or I, I, I will ask her all the time. I make her work for it. <laughs> exactly. You know, until yeah. she, you know, that way she thinks about do I really want to come to 20? Like, is that, because I want her to have that behavior of, because I, when I was a child, 
well, I still am overweight, but it's very hard no. for me to say <laughs> no, no to no. candy. Well, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't I have zero self-discipline. So all of these methods that you're talking about, I could see how they apply constantly in your life doing anything, the ABC. So I like that. that that's kind of like the ABCs. Now, Leora, you were talking about the rewards. So you were talking about, yes, thank you. Um, I'll give you this, basically the trading. What other type of reward do you write? And you said the edibles should be the last alternative, obviously, because, you know, you don't want to make that's a it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a personal opinion of mine. Um, other kinds of rewards are tangible items. So like maybe a child's favorite toy. Um, one client that I worked with uh, that was a part particularly um, difficult client to work with, but of course it was always a loving relationship. Um, what we did was we had, I went to the dollar store and I filled up a treasure chest with a bunch of little things from the dollar store so that he had some kind of like expectations throughout the day. And at the end of the day, if he met those expectations, he was able to pick from the treasure box. So that was kind of like a good reward for um for this particular kid to like look forward to and be motivated to you know show positive behavior throughout the school day so that at the end of the day he knew he had these little tangible items that uh like helped him get through the day um and then so toys anything like that games should and you take last... away toys can you take away toys i guess after the last one we'll talk about <laughs> the negative okay what will be the last one i'm sorry yeah. No, it's okay. It's okay. Um, I mean, definitely you, you can, I want, I like to focus on positive reinforcement. So, uh, maybe like delaying access, like telling the child, look, you didn't, um, you didn't, uh, meet these expectations. Let me give you another chance so that you can redeem yourself and then you'll have another chance to earn this rather than focusing on the negative and taking away, taking away. Because, um, one way that I see it is that, as the educators, we want to maintain a positive relationship with the child. So what we call an ABA pairing is, you know, kind of getting the child to be your friend. So before mm, you ABA place parents, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so before, before placing demands and making them do work and you kind of go through this pairing process where you just play with the child and you kind of get them to warm up to you. So that um, they they essentially become your friend and they associate positivity with you as a person. So that in turn the the intervention, the work, it also has a positive connotation to it. And so you kind of want them to see you as, oh, this person is giving me. They're giving me reinforcement. They're giving me all this, rather than oh, well, I didn't do this, so they're taking away. They're taking away. So I try mm -hmm. to keep the relationship positive. Of course, there's um, interventions that do have, uh, you know punishment and all that but in um in the interventions we try to save punishment for like like before like a last case resort if um other reinforcement methods aren't aren't effective because punishment you know when when i was little and of course i'm talking about the 80s 90s when a parent did not and we're talking about the hispanic culture and this is actually mm -hmm. a culture competence thing too because not all cultures might be able to follow this ABA because the culturally competence sometimes you know it doesn't work out in other cultures but it should but of course you know for example mm -hmm. in the Hispanic culture we're talking again in the 80s and 90s no now it's very different the world's different you know if sometimes if my mother wasn't strong enough to the kid don't do this da, 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 she was considered to be weak so 
This right. is how my generation, some of my generation, you know, my friends, all the moms were like, and you know, and you're not going to, and everything was a negative, like fear, let's put it that way. So I am guessing mm -hmm. maybe yeah, you want to avoid that fear and actually you want that to come from in you and the positive will be easier. I negotiate a lot with my four and a half, Vera, because uh -huh. yeah. I have felt that that has been the easiest way. And of course, I always want to try to have the leverage of, but sometimes right, I don't. Right. But mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I try to negotiate with her and explain her. And again, it has, this is not like I started like, oh, let's negotiate. No, it has taken a lot of time and communication because a four and a half doesn't understand. They understand if you are good, but I don't want to tell her you're good. Listen, mommy has to do this. I want you to, or can you play with this? What would you like to do? I will ask it. What would you like to do mm -hmm. in these 30 minutes? You know, because when you homeschool and work is crazy. So that's how I work with Vera. What would you like to do? Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Remember, I'm working 30 minutes. So I got these little timers that are like sunglasses. Yeah. So she owned it because then I was like 30 minutes. How is she going to read the clock and be like, oh, by the way. <laughs> so <Right>. <laughs> now, I wanted to share that because it has worked very well with me. Vera mm -hmm. is not the type of child that if you, if you Anna, because before I have, I struggled, especially when I was living in China, Vera don't, you know, and, and it's just so fast. It becomes like, you can be anyone. You can be the Dalai Lama. I don't care. Patience is very, very hard. You're going to yeah. explode when you're two and a half. There's no one to get dressed or ah, it's on the floor. You know, those tantrums, you have to be able to understand that. So Lira, right. what do you recommend to, to the moms that are right now having, uh, you know, having the, this problem for the moms? What do you recommend? You do yoga too, and you do a lot of meditation. Mm -hmm. And I think this yeah. is the reason also, like, not only your personal, how you are, who you are. Tell us a little bit about how can, what, what techniques can a mom, like easy, what, what can a mom do when she needs to be, she wants to be an ABC, you know, parent. And yeah. <laughs> it's about to lose it because it's very difficult. What do you recommend using your yoga and meditation and, you know, your experience now as a student that is learning all about this, you know, behavior? What do you recommend to, to anyone that is going through this? So definitely the yoga, um, it helps me a lot because I feel like, you know, working with kids all day, it's hectic. I mean, I'm sure moms, educators, you can all relate. Um, sometimes they drive you a little bit crazy, but they all do. Um, I was, I, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> but for me, it's really important to uh, take deep breaths and stay calm and collected. So to not really let the child, even if in your head you're thinking, "Ooh, I'm so annoyed right now," I really try to stay as composed as possible and to not let the child uh, notice that their behavior is affecting me. Because if they're throwing a tantrum and I start to act all aggravated and show them how I'm feeling, they're going to see that like that tantrum can really affect me and change. And then maybe they'll be more likely to continue to tantrum because then they notice that like it's something that it, it can help them get away with, with things. So for example, when you're typing on your computer, if your daughter is starting to throw a tantrum and then you stop typing and you attend to her, then she knows from that point on, okay, well, every time I tantrum, I can get mommy's attention. And so therefore I'm gonna continue to tantrum because it's an effective way to get mommy's attention. But if you, um, 
you know, you're just stay composed and you clearly state expectations. So that's something I do with my clients a lot is I provide them with expectations that are very clear and concise. So minimal, minimal words that get straight to the point. Uh, I'm busy right now. I want you to play with your toys quietly for 20 minutes. So the expectations are very clear, not saying I want, I need you to be good right now, but just very carefully um, mm, and being specific with your words. So I think using, you know, words are powerful. I think with kids, when it comes to this, it's about just really getting your point across in, um, in a very concise manner so that they know exactly what is expected of them. And uh, you mentioned timers. Timers are a great tool. I love using timers. Um, we can link one down below that are great for kids. It's kind of like a pie chart and it's kind of like a kitchen timer. And then the time kind of just like slowly starts to disappear because what I've noticed with kids is that they also have a hard time with change. So let's say it's art class right now, or it's time for art and they are so absorbed in their painting and they love it. But in 10 minutes we have to move on to math and kids don't want to do math. Um, I wonder why. It, <laughs> oh, lucky for me, I had the best math tutors. <laughs> not that bad, but uh, not everyone has a Vanessa in their life, right? So, so if you're not using a timer, and so art time is over, and out of nowhere, mom, teacher, tutor says, "Okay, clean up. It's time for math." Kids kind of tend to lose track of time. They don't have as as um, strong a sense of time as we do, so they're just like uh they could just be like oh well i didn't have enough time or you didn't let me know before like i want to keep doing that i want to keep doing art so to me i like to use timers with transitions it sets our kiddos up for success because while they're doing art they can really see have a visual representation of that clock ticking 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 until time is up for that transition and even five minutes three minutes one minute before you can tell them okay in five minutes we're going to clean up our art things in two minutes, it's time for math. In one minute, you know, and that kind of sets them up for success um, so that they're not, they're not just out of the blue, like, oh, okay, I have to stop what I'm doing. Because um, some kids do have trouble with change and with transition. And so that kind of helps reduce that problem behavior of screaming or, you know, throwing, throwing the art stuff because they don't want to be done. And so that's a good way to kind of maintain um, positive outlook on, on transitions. I like the, the way how mm -hmm. you, you said it is teaching them time management too, because mm -hmm. time management is the hardest thing. And I don't know in a school, we don't learn about time management. We do, you have class from here to here and then here to here, you have a routine, a discipline. But I think uh, what you're saying, and I love that because I have, it's funny because you're like, give me five minutes to a three and a half. And yeah. three and a half <laughs> like, and it's true. I think not only with toddlers, I, I feel that ABA, like, uh, can you use ABA in a personal relationship too with your parents, with your boyfriend? Basically, how, what I'm learning from you is that ABA is just a, a human concept that we can all use for Absolutely. anything, even for your relationship, a person to animal, right? Like, Absolutely. You know, um, yeah. So, Leora, this is, this is very helpful because a lot of moms right now are, you know, it's, the times are tough, period. Moms, mm -hmm. parents, everyone is going. We've all been affected in a way or another, but I don't want to talk about what everyone, you know, repeats. We all know what's going on and how hard it is to come up with these positive rewards when as a mom, uh, 
you don't have, you, you're not in the level to be an ABA parent. Um, right. So how do you, and we're human, so one day you know, yeah. you're consistent, <laughs> happy, then one day you, you lose it. Blah, 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 blah. How did you go back to forget yourself? Because, you know, all moms are like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. we have no. How do we forget ourselves using your yoga meditation to get back to that ABA parent level? What do we do? <laughs> what do we do? How do what, um, I know you do a lot of meditation and you have a great uh, Instagram that I love. And, you know, I'm going to put Thank it you. here so mm-hmm. people can, can see it. Because, and you use a lot of nature, a lot of backgrounds in the back. So um, in, in the part of meditation, I would like for you to share how can we use that meditation? A quick advice, a meditation, like, you know, in, in, in the, in, to get back from, like I said, the, oh, to, I want to be an ABA parent again, you know, in that cycle that we're constantly on. ABA, oh, down, open down. Yeah. <laughs> so um, meditation, it's essentially all about being in the present moment, right? Um, and so when you're, to relate it to ABA, what would be happening in the present moment is that behavior, that specific behavior that you're looking at. So, um, for example, when, so, okay, so, <laughs> sorry. So you're in the present moment, there's a behavior that's happening, and you want to kind of set yourself up for success. So for me, what I like to do is I like to always be prepared. Um, so what's important to realize is that behavior, it doesn't just like, there's always a reason for the behavior, there's a function, it doesn't just happen because it happens. Like we can say, oh, that child is having a tantrum because, uh, because they're immature or because they don't know any better. But that's not the root cause of why they're having a tantrum, right? Maybe something specific happens, um, like they were presented with uh, an assignment that they didn't want to do or a task that was too difficult, and that's what caused the tantrum. So we're in the present moment. This is the behavior that we're dealing with. What are ways that we could have been prepared to avoid that tantrum? And so, yes, taking deep breaths, meditating, for me, it's all about coming back to the present moment and realizing what is it that I can do and how can I be prepared? Um, so the ABC three-term contingency, A, the A antecedent, it can be a stimulus that triggers the behavior, or it can also be antecedent strategies, ways to be prepared so that we can minimize the occurrence of those behaviors. Um, and I've actually created something for all of the viewers here that um, can use as a tool. Yeah, and we'll link it down below so that you can download it and print it yourself. My favorite tools are um, printer and laminating machine so that you can create these little tools at home for you. But uh, like we were talking about time management skills, um, this is really good for kids to start having a sense of time management. And it's an antecedent intervention to kind of minimize um, problem behaviors that happen throughout the day uh, on the school day. So this is a visual schedule and I'm gonna show you it right now. I love visual schedules because they let our children know exactly what is expected of them, when it will happen, and then once they're done with it, like what will happen next. So, oh wow. And I, yeah, and I made a PDF for you so that you can print it. And there's, I've put a bunch of different subjects here, but there's different cards that you can um, use interchangeably because, of course, every day is not the same. Um, so here we have language, arts, science, lunch, nap time, art, and math. There's lots of cards that you can use. 
I love and it. I love it. For those who are, not, who, are, who are listening to the podcast, this is also on YouTube. And this is incredible, Leora. This is so cute. Thank you. So I like to get my children involved in their schedule. So here the column it says to do once they've finished their language art, their language art, language arts class, they can go ahead and do it themselves, pick it up and move it to the all done category. And that way they're really actively involved in their learning. They're involved in their schedule and they see what it is expected of them throughout the day. And then at the end, you can have a reward, maybe going, going to the park. So they know once I'm all done, well, I'll earn going to the pool, going to the park, you know, watching a movie. Um, and then one more tip I have for you with following these kinds of visual schedules is providing your kids with choices. So regardless of what the day is looking like, they're going to have to do math and they're going to have to do science because it's part of their curriculum. But when you give your kid the choice, what do you want to do first? Do you want to do math or science first? It kind of makes them feel like they're important. It makes them feel like, oh, wow, I have, uh, I'm part of the decision making here. I can choose what I want to do with my time. So I think really like having these visual schedules, teaching your kids these time management skills, and then letting them be part of the decision process um, helps a lot with those behaviors that we don't want to, that we don't necessarily want to have throughout the school day, like, you know, tantruming, crying, saying, protesting, like, no, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do that, because the expectations are already laid out for them. And then as a parent, you know, with that um, mindfulness, just kind of coming back into the moment and recognizing that behavior, it happens for a reason. So just taking a deep breath, taking a step back and asking yourself, well, why is this behavior happening? What is the root cause? So just being more it. in tune with yourself and with your kiddos. <laughs> I love it. This, I, I, Leora, this is incredible. I'm going to put all those links mm -hmm. that you, and I'm, I'm very grateful for, to have you today. I'm very happy that we reconnected again. Leora, this has been an incredible interview. I am so excited mm -hmm. now to share it with everyone because I have learned so much about meditation, be an ABA parent. I love the visual schedule. You're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. Take charge. Take, take, take charge of your own time. That's what life is about. <gasps> exactly. Leora, I love it. I really want to thank mm -hmm. you again. I'm going to be putting all your information and I wish you the best luck. I hope that we can have another interview in the near uh, future because I really, really love it. I felt, I feel now like a, you know, an ABA parent <laughs> like, right now, but I, I really think that these tips are going to be very valuable for anyone who's listening and watching. Thank you so much, Leora, for today. Thank you so much for having me, Vanessa. It was a pleasure being able to share um, what I do with all of you. And if you have any questions, you know, this is going to be posted on YouTube, please post your questions in the comments and I will be more than happy to answer any questions that you might have. Thank you again, Vanessa, for having Who, me. Who's not watching, mm -hmm. who's watching this on the podcast and then when they see Leora, they're going to see she's not only beautiful from the inside, she's a doll. Beautiful. Thank you. That's <laughs> a, a complete frame. I love you, Leora. Thank you so much. I love you too. Oh, thank, thank you. you.